Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Well, I'm not Pastor Mark. I'm Audrey Poncel, and I appreciate you coming out tonight. Amen? So I just want to know how many of you were here Sunday? So how many of you are fours tonight? Okay, if you don't know what that means, you need to go back and listen to the sermon on Sunday. I'm not going to tell you. We're going to start out in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. All right, Diana, you keep laughing. I'm going to ask you what's funny. We might want to laugh with you. (laughs) 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Um, Verse 3 says, for though we walk in the flesh. How many of you know that when you walked in here tonight, you walked in here in the flesh? Amen. And I wasn't going to go here, but I just felt led to. So some of you have already heard this. Some of you are fully aware of it. Some of you may have never heard it before. But apparently somebody needs to hear it. So we're going to talk just a little bit before we actually get into um, more of what I wanted to talk about tonight about spirit, soul, and body. And I just wanted to show you a few scripture references that talk about the um, the spirit, the soul, and the body. And one of them is over in First the list, First Thessalonians chapter five and verse twenty-three. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, remember, we're talking about spirit, soul, and body. How many of you know that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body? Most of you, maybe all of you have heard that before. Well, we're going to go all the way back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 2. Beginning in verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And then in chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, it says, For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And um, so right here, they ate what in Genesis 2, it said that if they ate of the tree, they would die. In Genesis 3, they ate. And what happened? Physically, they're still alive, right? They didn't die. So how did they die? Spiritually. 
And in a spiritual death, and in dying, it says in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for dying, it says dying thou shalt die. So spiritually they died, which caused eventually a physical death. So and in dying thou shalt die. So we know that we're talking about two different deaths here. So we know that physically, which is a separate being, or it's the same, you're living within this, talking about spirit, soul, and body. Physically, they did not die, but spiritually they died. And then eventually, you know, if you continue reading, you'll find out that they did die physically. We were not made, we were not created to die physically. We were created to live forever. In uh, chapter 2 and verse 25, it says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. But yet over in um, chapter 3, beginning in verse 8, this is after they ate of the tree. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves for the presence of the Lord God amongst the tree of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. We reference this to the fall of man. At this point, they were spiritually dead unto God. They had been separated from a perfect relationship with the Father. And disobedience brought shame and it brought fear. And when we, we, when we live in disobedience, it brings shame and fear in our lives. And the enemy causes condemnation to come upon you. And if you don't take care of that, if you don't ask for forgiveness... And uh, walk in and correct that relationship with the Father, then He will just continue to beat you up over it, and it will affect the way you're able to receive from the Father. In Second Corinthians, let's go back to the New Testament. Still talking about spirit, soul, and body. Second Corinthians. Who knows where we're going? Five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. How many of you, when you were born again, you had the same color hair that you did before you were born again? You had the same color eyes. Had the same amount of toes. Physically, you did not change. However, being born again can affect your physical body for the better. Because now you can begin to believe for healing. You, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You are a new creature. But what happened at that point was you became alive back unto God spiritually. You are a new creation in Christ. So we're still talking about the fact that there is a difference between spirit, soul, and body. Now over in uh, Romans chapter 12. And I'm sorry, I don't use a tablet or an iPad. I actually use my Bible and have to flip through pages. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. You present what? Your bodies. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And in the message it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, 
your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Anybody want to be mature in God? Amen. So you present your body and your everyday life, your everyday life, you're walking, you're sleeping, you present your body in um, 2 Corinthians 10. We're going back. Well, it would help if I'd get in 2 Corinthians, not first. Beginning back in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the fle- after the flesh. The first thing that tonight that I want us to talk about, now we're actually going to get on our subject, is that we recognize that, yes, we are in a battle. He says, even though we do not war in the flesh, we do have a battle. We are in a battle. We are in a spiritual battle. It's not a physical battle. It's not a battle that we wage and war in the flesh, even though, sadly, that's where we want to try to fix it. That's where we want to fight our battle so many times is in the flesh. But we are in a battle. In uh, verse 3 in the New Living Translation, it says, we are human But we don't wage war as humans do. And the message says the world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. So one thing that I want you to get tonight. We are in a battle. But we don't fight in the flesh. We don't fight in the natural. All of our battles are to be fought in the spirit. The second thing is recognize that the battle is won by God's weapons, not man. Our weapons are won with the word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. In the New Living Translation, it says, We use God's mighty weapons. Mighty weapons. Say, we use God's mighty weapons. Mighty weapons. Not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We're not fighting people. We're fighting against the principalities of darkness. So when somebody comes against you and they're mad and they're angry or, or they're talking about you or they're talking about your family, everything is a result of Satan wants to destroy the kingdom of God. He wants to destroy the word. That is, that is where every battle starts, is an attack on the Word of God, is an attack on the kingdom of God. And so when we start trying to fight our battles in the natural, we're already losing. We are not going to win our battles in the flesh. We are only going to win the battles for the kingdom of God in the spirit. It is a, a spiritual battle, not a natural battle. 
in Ephesians chapter 6, in um, 10 through 18, yes, I said 10 through 18. In the New Living Translation, it says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Did you know that he has several strategies? He didn't just attack you the same way every time. He studies you. He watches you. He knows where, where to, to, to start poking you. He knows what's going to um, trigger you. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That's a lot of armor. That's a lot of weapons. We've got a lot of weapons to fight with. And you say, well, which one do you need? Well, the one that works at the time. I mean, you can be led by the Holy Spirit to know what weapon to use. But you're armored by the Spirit of God. You're armored by the Holy Spirit. Your weapons are in the spirit. And so when things start attacking us, um, I'm talking about everyday things. When everyday things start attacking you, turn to the word. Turn to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, how do I, how do I handle this? You know, first of all, quiet yourself. Uh, sometimes even in prayer, when something happens, we just start an emotional led prayer and we're not even in faith when we need to quiet ourselves, find the word and then pray in faith because a lot of times we're really not praying in faith at all we're just spouting out a lot of words but take time quiet yourself okay holy spirit i believe that i'm going to be led by you right now and i believe that we're going to attack this from a spiritual standpoint and we're going to make a difference for the kingdom of god in the message um for the heading of ephesians six ten, it says a fight to the finish. Amen. I want to fight to the finish. I don't want to give in. I don't want to um, give up, but I want to fight to the finish. In the message, it says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials. And I just want to stop. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture but sometimes we grab book after book after book after book when we need to just sit down and take the word and read it. Don't get me wrong. I love um, books from different people. Um, there's certain people that, you know, you just seem to gravitate to, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with uh, reading other books. But there is so much in the word of God that will help us. There is so much that will change our lives just reading the word of God, even different translations. I mean, look at, the, look at how just these different translations give you a, a, a bigger insight of what's being said here. 
and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. There is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued. And that when it says take all the help you get, it doesn't mean to grab everybody around you. It's talking about the weapons of the Holy Spirit. And yes, you do need other people sometimes to help and stand along beside you. I'm not saying that at all. That's a great thing. But when he says take all you can get, take the weapons of God within your own life. Take them up. Fight. So then when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. Amen? God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Amen. And uh, let's look over in Matthew chapter 4. I haven't looked to see if they're actually keeping up with me. I told them I had a book. They told me one time that um, when I brought a lot of scriptures, they said, don't worry about it. Pastor Chris brought us a book one time. So uh, when I handed them these, I said, well, it may be more than him and than last time, and they said, yep, it is. So Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness. I want us to see how Jesus fought his battles. To be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil take him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Now here you got Satan quoting the word. He shall give his angels charge over thee concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So that's an important thing to remember. The enemy will quote the word to you as well. You better know the voice that's talking to you. But verse 7, what does he say? Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again, the devil take. you know, there's another point. Just because you um, won one battle doesn't mean he's going to stop. He's going to come back. And this is all at one time. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto them, All these things will I give thee, if that will fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve so what did he say it is written it is written it is written we fight our battles with the word of God when Satan comes against us we come back with the word that's what he's come to steal he's come to steal the word 
So we come back with the word. All right, let's look over in Numbers. Chapter 13. Verse 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers. Shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them? There's a, a very important few words in there. Which I give unto the children of Israel. God's given them his word right here. That he's given them this land. But over in verse 27... And they told him and said, we come into the land. So Moses sent, um, they sent spies into the land to see what it was about, come back with a report. And in verse 27, and they told him and said, we came into the land where thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And then in verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. So we have two different reports here. We've got one that's going to side with the word of God that's been given. And we have others that are going to side with the fear. Fear. Fear will rob you of so many promises that God has given you. When God gives you something, when God gives you a word, who's after it to steal it? Satan. And the one thing that he's going to hit you with is fear. And Caleb stilled the people. And what we were talking about early, sometimes it's just a good thing to stop for a minute. Silence yourself. Silence your mind. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Well able. But the men that went up with him said, we, are, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land. What kind of report are you going to have? When God gives you a word, what report are you going to side with? Whose report are you going to side with? Well, that's not the scripture I want, so we'll move on. The next thing is to recognize that victory in your battles can and will be limited if you continue to fight them in the physical as a carnal and immature Christian. I'll say that again. Victory in your battles can and will be limited if you continue to fight them in the physical as a carnal and immature Christian. Let's look back in 1 Corinthians. Y'all must have uh, phones and tablets because I hear nothing moving. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 3. If you have your phone, that's wonderful. Use it. But if you don't bring a Bible, start bringing it. Amen. You need to be marking up that Bible, writing in it. Mark. I mean, when I look through my Bible, the way I find something is where I've marked it. I mean, when I need something quick, I don't have I don't have time to go to uh, the internet and find where it's at, and then look it up. I want to I want to see where I've marked it before, where it's meant something to me, so I can remind myself of something that I've already seen. 
1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 3. And this is Paul um, with the letter to the Corinthians. And this is the church he's talking to, okay? This is not uh, sinners. This is the church. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Did you know if you have those type things in your life, you are carnal? You are not walking as a mature Christian. You know, so maybe all of us just need to have a little self-inventory. Am I filled with envying? And this is within the church that he's talking to them. This is not their outside lives. This is what was going on within the church. But in your own life, we don't want to know. I don't want to, I'm not going to tell you my life. And I don't want to know yours. But in your own life, what's going on in your life? Are you walking carnally? Or are you walking as a mature Christian? We want to walk mature, amen? We want to be able to win our battles. Verse 1 says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able... For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? In the New Living Translation, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food. Have you ever looked at your kids and say, I'll be glad when you grow up? I wonder how many times God looks at us and said, I'll be glad when you grow up. Or Pastor Mark look at us and say, I'll be glad when you grow up. He might not appreciate me saying that. I had to talk to you, talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people in the world? When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? Man, it, it hurts when somebody points a finger at you and starts pointing things out, doesn't it? But sometimes we need that. You know, and if that offends you and it's true about you, then you're not in a position to change. But if somebody can point to you and say, hey, these things need to change, and you accept that, and it might hurt, but you accept it, then you're in a position to receive and to change and, and to be better for the kingdom of God and to become more mature and grow up. So don't be somebody that when, and I'm not telling you to go around telling people that either. It's not your place to start pointing your finger but when you have a friend that's close enough or a pastor or a brother or sister in Christ that, that knows you and is close enough to you to say, hey, let's take care of this, then receive it. Change. Be willing to grow up. Be willing to change for the better. Let's grow up in Christ. Let's not be uh, carnal Christians because it will affect your battles. It will affect the victories in your life. In, um, back over in um, Genesis, Eve followed her fleshly desires. I want to read that. Let's just read it. Back over in Genesis 2, verse 17. 
because I want you to see what I'm talking about. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And in verse 6 of chapter 3, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. We are going to have things of this world that we're going to pull on our fleshly desires. They're going to pull on our emotions. They're going to pull on us because we might think it's going to make us stronger. It's going to make us smarter. It's going to um, make us a better person. Or it's just something I want. And by golly, I'm going to have it. But if it's in disobedience to what God has told you, then you need to stay away from it. It doesn't mean necessarily that everything God's told you to stay away from is a sin. But if it's in the disobedience to what he's told you it is. So if God is leading you to a certain place, but you're being pulled by other things, then that path to victory is being, um, it's being disturbed. It's taken down, uh, taking you down a path that's going to be full of obstacles, that, that you're going to lose sight of where he's trying to take you. And you're, you'll be pulled by fleshly desires. And once you start getting pulled that way, then it's hard to hear the right voice because you become, um, you become faint to, the, to hear the word that, that God's telling you. Second Corinthians, let's go back to Second Corinthians 10. are quiet. What did he say? Don't fear their faces. Y'all don't bother me. Second Corinthians 10 verse 6. I'm at 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The word of God must be kept before us or our natural desires are going to overtake us. If we don't fill our hearts and our minds with the word of God, then the things of this world, the, the things that pull at our flesh, the things that, that our eyes look at and think are good, they're going to pull us away from, from the battles and, that are truly important from the battles that we should be fighting and from the word that God wants us to share and the word that he wants to change, to cause us to change in our lives. Romans 12, 2 talks about renewing your mind. We have to renew our mind with the word of God. The next thing that we want to do is recognize that the battle is Satan coming to steal the word. He's not after you. He's after the word. He's after the word of God. He wants to stop you. I mean, you got to understand it's a fight between two kingdoms, a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. And he just wants to stop you to keep you from enabling people within the world with the word. He don't want the word to get out. He don't want you to live in victory. 
He wants to stop the kingdom of God, but he can't do it. The battle's already won. He can't do it. But the battle is not against you. It's to steal the word. In Mark chapter 4. And if you were here Sunday, you know this scripture already. If you were paying attention, if you were four, right? Mark chapter 4, verse 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. He is here to steal the word. He is, um, he's set war. He's waged war against the word of God. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In 14, the beginning of verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You might not see the battle in the natural, but there is a battle going on in the Spirit. He is fighting as much as he can to steal and to take the Word from you. He's intentionally opposed to what God is doing and will use any and every tactic that he knows to stop you from walking in victory that's been provided for you. Victory has been provided for us. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 and 9 in the um, Passion Translation says, Be well balanced and always alert, because your enemy, the devil, roams around insistently like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. Amen, our faith. For you know that you're believing. Brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you are. And the last thing is to recognize that you are in a war that's already been won. We are not fighting defeated We are fighting victorious. We already have a victory. We've already, Jesus has already gotten the victory for us. But now the fight that you fight is a fight of faith. That you stand on the word that he's given you just as they did before they went into Canaan. That you stand on the word. He's given you a word. Am I going to shrink back in fear? Or am I going to stand on the word that he's given me and move forward? So where are you in the word that God's given you? Where, where are you standing? And one thing I want to leave you with is we have the right to bear arms in the kingdom of God. We have that right. That right's been given to us. It's actually a command that we fight the good fight of faith, that we take the word, the, the truth of the word, and that we stand on it. We stand against the the spiritual wickedness and darkness that comes against us. We stand. And we have victory. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.